big good morning to you all. My name is Letitia Shelton and I'm the host of this podcast, The Disruptive Voices of the Pacific. Uh, and the idea is that we are being disruptive around particularly some of the issues that we prefer to sweep under the carpet that we wish weren't happening, but they are. And so today we're going to have an insight into the um, sex workers community here in Fiji. I've had the privilege of being able to engage with them in the last couple of years, made some beautiful friends, found some just beautiful people out there. And one of these special friends is a woman by the name, well, I call her Sessie, Mboi, um, is what she prefers. But it's great to have you here with us today. Thank you very much, Leticia. So we want to um, dive into a bit of your story, here's some of your journey. Uh, currently, you're the project manager at the Safe House for Sex Workers, SANS, other known, and we'll hear a bit more about that. So we've been engaging with you there. But um, you were born many years ago, <laughs> and at, the, at just three days old, what happened to you? Um, thank you, Ladisa. Um I was three years old when uh, I was adopted. Um, growing up was very difficult for me. Uh, um, all through the years, uh, I thought they were my real parents, but they are not. Um, but I was lucky that uh, I have a, a loving and caring adopted parents where they treat me like they, I'm their real kids or child. Um, it doesn't matter how ugly I am um, going through in my life when I was a child, being a, a, a tomboy, um, being uh, stigma and discriminated because of uh, who I am. Uh, it doesn't stop them from loving me and carrying me as their real kid. Yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful when you find that. Um, now, your mum had some problems, and so she had, who did she adopt you out to? Uh, yes, uh, that time uh, in 1968, uh, they are the first recruiting staff in this uh, uh, hotel that uh, where I'm sitting here now this morning, uh, called Holiday Inn, uh, before it was Travelodge, and I was born in 1969. Uh, that time it was hard... Uh, for the maternity leave to be given to a woman. It was given a certain time for them to go back to school. And another thing when uh, uh, my dad and my mom were separated, uh, it kinds of uh, heartbreaking for my mom because my mom loved my dads and my dad have an affair and live with another woman. Uh, those are the, uh, the, the difficult situations faced uh, by my mom and she gave me up for adoption. And uh, I was lucky that uh, uh, mum's uh, elder sister adopted me. So I was born in the CWM hospital. Um, and um, when my mum's sister adopted me, and they took me and they reside in uh, Kumukawa Road in Tobata. Uh, it was... Uh, it's uh, seven and a half miles from the city, but my parents, they, they live in uh, Reservoir Road. Uh, if you know this place uh, called Kortik Lane, uh, Valimonumanu, 
uh, opposite the St. Giles Hospital. Yeah, we have a settlement uh, there, so uh, my mom and my dad um, live there. Yeah, so um, you were adopted, but you you received a fair bit of, um, I guess, bullying growing up. What what age were you when you discovered that they weren't your real parents? Um, I think I was around uh, nine years to ten years old. You know, when kids playing around and you know there's some uh, uh, ugly things going on, and we always fight uh, like a small kid, and they will say, oh. Um, that's not your real parents. You from this village, um, you know those things happen when uh, you socialize with uh, with people, and uh, not from the kids. Sometimes from uh, from my cousin or someone elder than me. Uh, they always bullied me and say those things. Uh, you know, it kinds of. Uh, um, heartbroken to me when I hear that and and I love my guardians, my adopted parents uh, and I start asking questions, I ask them and they started to you know try to explain to me that what really happened to my parents uh, that's how I started that uh, peer pressure uh, I start to to you know s smoke cigarette um, Sniffing benzene, you know, to take away that uh, that uh, I can say sort of trauma or uh, the pain and those things that uh, uh, triggers my mind that uh, sometimes it hurts me. Yeah. Absolutely. So your your uncle, your adoptive uncle, he was actually a pastor. Yes. And so he, um, you actually moved around a lot, so you were yes. coming and going. Yes, um, my my uncle used to be a wakatawa, they call it. So he moves around to to village. So he was um, told to go and preach in one uh, one village right in Naitasiri. Uh, so I go with them and I schools in Narokorokoyal, uh, Nomalu district uh, in class four and five and six and I pass my intermediate and then I have to come back to the city and uh, further my study in the secondary schools. Yeah. So there's a lot of moving around, um, a bit unsettling for you and you only went to Form 4, you finished up at the end of Form 4 and you found yourself a bit bored at home, <laughs> which was kind of the beginning of you entering into the sex industry. So tell us exactly how you made your way into the sex industry. Well, I was um, invited by a friend of mine, a uh, sort of neighbour. Um, she used to, she was in the industry during that time and I met her with these Chinese men. They came to uh, our place in Reservoir Road and invited me. Uh, that time in the afternoon we always play volleyball. And uh, she packed there with the cartons of beers and, and smokes and stuff and calling uh, uh, you know, us to come and have a glass. So um, 
for me it's something whoa yes yeah so I managed to hop in the taxi and cruise with them uh, that's how I started and uh, in the afternoon we came to their hotel they say they're booking in this hotel so I follow them because of uh, the dings and and I know that I can uh, enjoy myself smoking cigarettes away from my the time I was uh, doing it quietly, nobody knows at home that I was taking uh, alcohol and cigarette. I think I was uh, 18 years old, yeah. So I managed to go with them, uh, go to the hotel and sleep, wake up the next day. And uh, we managed to go to the nightclub in the afternoon, yeah. That's where I see the, the girls and uh, I started to know and learn uh, how to do works in, in the nightclub, yeah. So, yes, that's how I started uh, doing work. So, I mean, you were in the community with the sex workers. So if a client wanted to pick you, I mean, how did it work back then? Because now I see a lot of the women out on the streets and client just pulls up and you hop in the car but when you're around the nightclubs and hotels how did how did a client approach you back then okay that time it, it was in the 90s we hardly stand in the street we always hide ourselves because we don't want to expose so the people can come and say things that was during that time not like this time uh, whatever you want to do this time you can do it those time was very hard very difficult we have to hide ourselves and we have to dress nicely, wear something very, you know, mm, you know, creative, uh, not showing people that uh, you're doing this work. And uh, we do it in a professional way. Yeah. So, um, you know, uh, mingle around with the, the industry is something that, uh, that you enjoy. For me, it's I just do it because I enjoy the autonomies of it. Uh, there's drinks there, there's money there. You know, when a, uh, a male client uh, approached me, I told them, I don't take men. I'm a tomboy, and I'm a gay woman, and I'm a lesbian. I'm interested in women, not men. That's how it goes. Uh, sometimes men, uh, uh, I talk with them, and I, you know. Uh, do some uh, oral uh, in, um, services, but not physical. Yeah. Um, at the end of the day, I can uh, introduce another uh, female sex workers to accompany him. It's just like, like I'm a pimp again. Uh, I, sort of speaking, uh, that's how we work in the industry. Yeah. Your work. Now you started engaging in drugs. Um during this time, why do a lot of sex workers, why does sex workers and drugs, why does that go hand in hand a lot of the times? Well, uh, I think when we, you know, when you're normal, you still have the fears to approach a man. And sometimes you're shy when people look at you and you, when you're intoxicated with uh, liga or drugs, you don't have fears. You have uh, something that, uh, you know, you're bold enough to come up and approach the client. Or if a client approach you, you have uh, um, a technique or a, a method 
you use, you know, not to to have that fear feeling or shy feeling because Fiji, that time, you know, you don't want to look at yourself for people to look at you as a, oh, this one is a sex workers or this one is a, we used to say sex workers like uh, that one is a garu eh? or a prostitute. Uh, um, so we we play our dice uh, to be smart enough, you know. Um. So really, it is, and I've heard this a lot from sex workers. It's something you can't really do in in your own mind. You you need some substance um, because it's yeah you, to get out of yourself. Um, did you have another name? Another name of uh, uh, quite often sex workers have a an alternative name just so they to create another identity. Yes, um, you know some uh, let's say bazaar uh, in Indian. Some will say uh, well nowadays uh, before they use uh, the word prostitute. I think it's not that proper to use that. It's a connotation of. Uh, I know, like you discriminated somebody that uh, doing something bad, very bad, and they look at you differently because of that word. And um, we use other terms like uh, garu or beach. Uh, uh, there's other names that use uh, to identify that uh, or keep it in a secret that you're uh, sex workers. So there's no, unlike Australia again, there's no legalised brothel, you know, we know in our city that that's where you go if you want to purchase a, a woman. Um, so where where do you operate out of in Suva? <laughs> oh well, uh, before we, we operated in the hotel, we hardly come out in the daytime, we hide ourselves, so clients come in the hotel and the... And the um, the workers uh, will come up and uh, knock our room and say, hey, we have some bunch of clients are there, or Korean, or, or Japanese, or, or Chinese, whatever, Asian. So we always, you know, go and uh, have our bath and dress up nicely and come down. Yeah. And and also you talked about going out on to the boats? Uh, yes. Uh, uh, before... Uh, the boat always birth in uh, Wallu Bay. Uh, the time too, they always call uh, uh, sex workers uh, Kambawanga. Uh, they always uh, um, name us uh, that we climbing the boat. Uh, that's the pronunciation of uh, Kambawanga is you climbing the boat here. Did you ever feel at any point that your life was in danger or um, that they could harm you or abuse you in any way? Oh, uh, yes, but uh, uh, for me, I already protected myself and uh, I'll try my best to, to be smart enough not to get, you uh, know, that uh, come into that uh, stage of uh, um, accident or anything. Uh, to engage with uh, the client, uh, uh, like I said, you have to be smart enough not to get hurt or hurt yourself. Yeah. So yes, um, 
as a lesbian, uh, um, I receive a lot of uh, stigma and discrimination, and I face a lot of uh, danger too. Sometimes I got punched. Um, uh, suddenly, I, uh, somebody can come up and just talk nicely to you and say this, and you got a shock punching you because of your gender, uh, being a lesbian, and they always say uh, uh, words that, you know, uh, why you want to be a, a boy and you want to be a tomboy, and you're a woman, should give yourself to a man, get rooted. Those, uh, uh, you know, words, yeah. But you have to be strong enough. If you want to be a sex worker, you have to be strong enough to fight back. Eh? Yeah. Um, how do you, I mean, there's, Fiji has a high percentage of people who go to church. And um, I'm a Christian, and although I don't agree with sex worker working and... Um, you know that, it, but I engage because I love, I love you, I love um, everyone, and everyone deserves dignity and value. Um, is that something that you've experienced from the church here in Suva? Uh, yes, like I said, I grew up in a religious family, and um, uh, has my gender uh, as a sex worker and a gay woman. Uh, from that time, I was small. Uh, till now, I never um, affiliated myself in any religious or any church to go in and uh, serve God. Um, I still have that fear that people will still have to discriminate you in a way if they know you or didn't know you or just look at you as a lesbian woman or a gay woman, look at your, uh, your body and you look... Uh, um, masculine like me and people start to throw gossip words and say wow this and that and and it's hard for us to come to church because we are not uh, accepted and that's very um, very sad and um, for me it's better for me to serve my God at home stay home and pray to God uh, and believe in him, that's it. Uh, I don't have to go to church. Not only church or, or, or uh, not only God in church. God is everywhere. Yeah, that's what I believe. Yeah, yeah he is. But how absolutely so sad that the church is not a welcoming place because we're all sinners. Yeah. <laughs> And some of our sin is more exposed than others, and some of us look different. Um, but in God's eyes, yep, we are accepted and loved. And if the church can't love, um, and we've become so judgmental. And so this is what I find even in Australia. When people find out that I'm in our strip club, they think I'm there and supporting all the strippers. And I'm, I'm just there to love and treat them as human beings as Jesus would. Um, so I'm sorry that you've experienced that and that 
for you, church is not a welcoming place. But this year we've been, and it's because of you, you reached out to me on Facebook when I was back here in Fiji in May and invited me over to your safe house, to Sands, and I took some friends. And then you invited us back one night for, um, we had hot chocolate and... And you asked me to just share some of the word of God and you invited a heap of the sex workers. And since I've left, a group has continued to do that. H has that been a positive experience? Uh, yes, uh, for me, um, it makes a lot of shift in my life. And, uh, and I think for the community too, uh, I've seen changes happening to them. Uh, they start to minimize some of the bad behavior um, I start to, you know, encourage them uh, to look at the bigger picture and their future. Uh, you can't be a, a sex worker the whole of your life, you'll grow older. And you need to, you know, think of something. Um, like other careers, there's other careers there. There's other things you can do apart from sex workers. And, um, uh, I think uh, we spend a lot of time, uh, um, you know, sharing the Word of God. Uh, every seven o'clock, we have a timetable to to pray and uh, share a little bit of uh, your daily living. And uh, uh, we have uh, Saturdays, uh, we we leave that day to, to worship God and we don't do anything, we just stay and uh, relax and and uh, read the Bible. Uh, uh, we don't have to cook anything. Uh, we have to sacrifice ourselves that day for only for God. Yeah. So I've seen changes, not only in my life, uh, for my community too. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, amazing. And so thank you for opening your doors. When the church hasn't opened their door to you, you've opened your door to us yes. um, and I know our lives have been changed because of the people we've met and engaging with you I just love it when I leave Fiji I always miss you guys um, so thank you for that um, some of the as well as that you've opened the door to uh, we've been able to help you bring in a counsellor to do some group therapy sessions we hope to be able to do some more in the future and just stand with you as you offer the support to um, all those people who come into your door. So thank you for all that you do, boy. Um, you're an amazing woman. <laughs> and God's got his hand upon your life. And we look forward to the future that he has for you. Uh, any last final words that you want to say to our audience? Okay, this is a message only for the youth group. Uh, especially... Uh, um, I'm doing awareness on drugs. Uh, that's one of the main focus right now. And I want to send this message for you youth now in Fiji. Please, uh, if you never ever uh, uh, try drugs, please don't, don't take it. It's not good because I know the impact of it and what drugs can do for you, uh, what the demons will do to do to take drugs, to take you in a different uh, pathway. Um, and those of you already take drugs, please uh, try and minimize it. And um, 
for the sex workers here in Fiji. Uh, I'm so thankful that uh, uh, you're still there. If you are there, please um, do support the movement. And, um, and um, try and uh, be smart with the work, uh, not to engage in uh, uh, a dangerous uh, environment. Uh, uh, in terms of health, uh, you have to be serious and uh, look after your health and work in a safe environment where you enjoy and uh, make sure you, um, you know, trust God and uh, believe in, in, uh, in Him. Uh, he will uh, guide you and uh, provide you. Uh, whatever you ask, he will give it to you. Uh, but you have to bold enough, uh, be obedient to his word, uh, everything will fall into places. I tell you, I know the goodness of God and I believe that he will provide anything you want from him. Thank you. No, that's a wonderful message and I just want to reiterate um, what's been said there and uh, if there are people, especially my messages to Christians and the church listening to this, um, the Safe House needs more support. This week I've done a call out for people just wanting to get alongside and help with their rent. They um, have regular rent which can become quite a stress and then it stops them being able to focus on the outreaches and uh, being able to help upskill uh, the sex workers and and do a lot of other things so there's always ways you can get involved so please contact me if you'd like to know more of what you can do how you can get involved uh, as I said Jesus always goes to the vulnerable the broken the hurting uh, he always comes along and supports we don't have to agree with everything but we um, can love and and speak truth and life to each other so thank you for tuning in today and we'll look forward to listening um, coming next week with another exciting episode god bless you Easily, i see your suffering i see the pain beneath that bull of smile come out from hiding the sun is rising, let the islands hear reason. Let